Iraq, 2003. My partner and I watch silently. We are the sniper team, the eyes and ears of the unit. The rest of the company advance steadily through the scrubby land in front of us. I see friendly faces through my scope as I scan the distant tree line for enemy positions, dismissing all distractions to focus on the job in hand. I search the date palm plantation and buildings dotted amongst the trees, then the ground ahead of the advancing men, then the tree line again. A small movement catches my eye. I'm drawn to a rooftop well over 500 metres away. Through the scope I see three men moving hurriedly around on the flat roof, in the direction we're advancing on and from where we had just been ambushed. RPGs, rocket-propelled grenades, sent whistling over our heads and exploding all around us. I give a target indication to the boss over my radio. This is where the sniper role comes into its own. Take the shot is the command. Years of training have prepared me for this moment. My spotter goes through the process we have practiced so many times. I make the required adjustments. My partner confirms I understand everything. Then I wait. The final step is time to fire. My mind is empty and every breath I take is controlled. I feel incredibly aware of the wind or the lack of it, of the temperature, so, so hot, of the weight of my rifle. As I take up first pressure on the trigger, I see my mate Shiner and other troops still moving towards the enemy, unaware of the shooters. Second pressure, the shot is released and an irreversible chain reaction has begun. I'm almost surprised because I'm in such a calm state of concentration. The heat haze vortexes in the wake of the speeding bullet, as if in slow motion, high definition. The single ultrasonic crack whips in front of the advancing troops and alerts them to the direction of the enemy. This is the job that I'm here to do, have been trained to do, which is what makes pulling the trigger so simple, and yet it is far from simple. When I took the shot that day, two lives changed. 2017, Democratic Republic of the Congo. 14 years have passed and I'm in Mount Niragongo, an active and angry volcano, the most dangerous in Africa. And when I say I'm in the volcano, I mean that literally. I'm 500 metres down inside the volcano crater. I've been this far down before and tried and failed twice to make it to the bottom of the crater. But this time, the conditions seem perfect. No excuses. It is the most surreal experience, spectacular but daunting. Around and above me is the jaw-dropping amphitheatre of the volcano's crater, about one kilometre wide. Crumbling and broken ledges left over from previous eruptions line the perilous inner walls as I navigate my way down through the lowest unstable layers towards the lava lake at the bottom, the largest and most violent lava lake in the world. Getting that deep requires hours of different rope techniques, abseils and traverses, down and across the crumbling rock, searching for secure areas and hoping to avoid the constant rock slides, including boulders that would take my head off. The noise of huge crashing rocks fills the air and coupled with the overpowering smell of sulphur and the ferocious bubbling and whooshing heat from below makes it clear that I am truly inside the very hydraulics of the planet. There is a last 80 metre drop to the crater floor and I check with those watching from above before starting the descent. My mouth is dry, I'm sweating profusely. I am acutely aware that if anything goes wrong, there is no rescue. I am on my own. Every tiny decision matters in this moment. Landing on the base of the crater, achievement that it is, 
doesn't lessen the adrenaline or the anxiety. Beneath the boulder I'm standing on is a thick stream of black solidified lava. I've talked myself into believing it's a dangerous place to be for a very good reason. Because it is. I come off the ropes, do a short piece to the camera on my phone and assess the situation. A mere 70 metres in one direction is the furious lava lake. About 60 metres in another direction is a mini volcano which erupted and almost killed me the last time I attempted to reach this spot. I have this overwhelming feeling of insignificance, of being out of place, somewhere humans have no business being. Time to buy out. I don't want to push my luck. If anyone knows how tenuous life is, it's me. Going inside that volcano was just part of the plan I made after pulling that trigger. In truth, I'd been pushing myself and making big, extreme life choices since I was a kid. And commando training taught me that getting to where you want to be in life, both personally and professionally, takes hard work, time and a plan. But it was my time in Iraq and the terrible truths of war that showed me just how fragile life really is. It made everything seem so much more urgent. So what do I want to show you? I want you to realise that life might be bigger than you think. I want you to believe that you are capable of great things. Because if a non-academic kid from an estate in Kawinning, a kid soldier who hit the skids in lost direction, managed to turn it around so spectacularly, then so can you. Before embarking on my dream job, travelling to every corner of the earth, leading movie stars into active volcanoes and so much more, this apparently tough military man had to cope with feeling suddenly worthless, aged 26, having left the Marines and everything I knew. Doors literally slammed in my face. How did I come to realise that you can't wait for things to happen? How did I find purpose and belonging? Well, stick with me and I'll tell you how. I've never shared these adventures and lessons before, at least not in this much detail, and writing it all down has made me realise just how colourful and instructive it's been. The ups and the downs, the whole lot, and hope you can take inspiration from my experiences. A few weeks ago I watched the birth of my son, Atlas, via high-speed internet link from the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Becoming a father has given me a new perspective on life, and it's the start of a whole new mysterious adventure. Deploying on extreme, remote and hostile missions had always been my bread and butter, but it was more than just a way of making a living. It was also a way of challenging myself physically and mentally. I can only hope that the mission of fatherhood will be filled with challenges and learning experiences every bit as big. This is what drives me onwards. Adventure is my lifeblood. Take it away and I am no longer me. I travel to explore the extremes of a world and my own head. I see our natural world as a teaching ground, somewhere I can hone my abilities and push myself to the limit. However, what I've learned out there on the edge are the skills we all need to survive on this planet. Whether you're trying to escape from an angry polar bear or negotiate a tricky situation in your office job, maybe you don't want to be a television field producer surrounded by Ebola in Africa or abseil into volcanoes or row across the Atlantic. But do you want to be robust enough, physically and mentally, to handle whatever life throws at you? Do you want the fortitude to do what you're afraid of? Do you want to nail those goals you've been scared to tackle? Do you want to learn that failure isn't necessarily the end and can be your very own turning point? You only get one crack at life and the impossible is possible. Don't believe me? Then listen.